and we cannot resist him. The scripture tells us that we cannot resist the spirit. We cannot resist the spirit. The spirit of God. This is what Jesus told the disciples. He said, I'm going to give you the Holy Ghost. That spirit, that comforter is going to tell you and remind you of everything that I have said unto you. And so we cannot resist the spirit. He told Peter this. He said, it's hard for you to kick against the pricks. He said, Peter, it's hard for you to resist what I'm trying to do for you. You're going to have to trust me. He said, you must humble yourself and submit to God's molding process. The scripture tells us that he giveth grace to the humble. And I believe that God wants to see us bow ourselves and submit ourselves to the process that God has us under. That God knows what he's doing and he's wanting to save us. It may not look like it right now, but God knows what he's doing. And if you'll submit yourself under the hand of God and resist the devil, he will flee from you. And God will bless you with the greatest future that you could ever imagine. We are clay. He is the potter. We must understand that Jesus loves us. He is not going to harm us. He will not make us ashamed. We must trust Him. We must trust the process. There were two blind men that were blind in Scripture. The Bible says the first blind man literally just cried out from where he was and said, have mercy on me. And Jesus looked at them and said, what is it that you need? And they said, we would like to receive our sight. And Jesus just looked at them and said, so be it unto you as your faith is, so be it unto you. And the Bible said their eyes were instantly opened from that moment. But there was another blind man that came to Jesus. And he said, what is it that you would have me do unto you? And he said, I want to be able to see. And the very next moment, this man hears someone begin to spit on the ground. And I'm sure this blind man asked his friends, what in the world is going on? I don't remember my friend that was healed of being blind uh, ever mentioned anybody spitting. And they said, well, Jesus has knelt down and he's spitting on the ground. And the blind man starts thinking, you know what? Maybe this is just not for me. <laughs> well, what is he doing? Well, he's, look, he's making two mud balls. Oh, Lord, surely not. Um, I mean, did he spit a lot? Oh, yeah, yeah, he, he, uh, 
he hocked a good one up. And uh, he, 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 he's mixing it on the ground, and it's dirt, and it's mud. And he's, he rolled a little ball, it, and he's coming towards you. And he, he's like, oh, uh, you know, I didn't sign up for this. I thought it was going to be quick. You know, I just thought I could go up there, and they could real quickly anoint me with oil. <laughs> and I could pray a little bit, and then I could go home and... My husband wouldn't be such an idiot. <laughs> uh, I just thought that things would be a little different. What's he doing now? Well, he's standing in front of you, and Jesus begins to speak to him and says, Hey, I've got made a little couple mud balls right here, and I'm going to shove them in your eyes. Sure you are. Okay. <laughs> We, we used to have revival back in the good old days, man. Um, I was young, 12, 13, 14 years old. We'd have Brother Molander come to our church. Anybody here remember old Brother Molander? Anybody ever hear Brother Molander? Now, I'm going to tell you this. If you'd ever heard Brother Molander, you, you, if I just mention his name, you, 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 he'd come to church and he'd preach. Oh, hour, two hours, three hours. He'd preach until you moved, and he, didn't, he wasn't scared. He preached until everybody in that whole church was worshiping. He didn't care. And, he, and if you wasn't worshiping, he'd come down there to ask you your pew and give you the mic and ask you, did you tell everybody why you're not worshiping? <laughs> and it was every day, Sunday, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday morning, Sunday night. We went six weeks. Bro, I'm telling you right now, it was the craziest thing. I'm telling you, he would be preaching, all of a sudden he'd stop, and he would look at somebody and say, mess up your hair. <laughs> I, I just, I'm going to tell you, you can't do that today. <laughs> I just, I just, I'm just being honest. You look at some people and say, mess up your hair, and they say, hey, <laughs> I rebuke you in Jesus' name. <laughs> I'm telling you, he, 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 would, he, he went to this one guy, and I, I I had been raised almost in that church. I really had. I had been going there for, I was, I was raised in that church. I hadn't gone to any other church. And, and, and I was standing there. And he walked to this one man that I had never seen move since I had been there. <laughs> I had never seen that man get out in the aisle and do anything. I seen him walk down the aisle and sit down. And then I seen him stand up and walk out. And that's all I ever seen that man did. He walked back to that man and told him to, to mess up his hair. I watched that guy shout and tear half that church apart. He broke that man, and he kept preaching. And I'm telling you, my mom, who would never say one word about a minister, I'm telling you, it didn't matter what happened. She wouldn't say anything. To this day, I may say one thing. She said, Doug, you're not supposed to talk about us. I'm not really talking about it. I'm just kind of saying something. I, come on. I mean, I, you're my mom. I'm just kind of telling you. No, you're not supposed to talk about it. I'm, it's serious. I'm, she would come home, and she said, I don't know if I could take any more of this. He has preached on worship every night for six days. I'm sick of hearing about worship. I'm telling you but he broke that church he broke that church he preached until that church broke wide open that during that revival they took up in the 80s four hundred thousand dollars cash and paid that building off there was a revival in that church that I have not seen 
very many times. I have watched people pray through in that revival that I thought would never come to church. He preached until that church broke. It was a process. It was a process. And I'm telling you, it wasn't a fun process. <laughs> it was not fun. I'm telling you, there are times that he would look at you and say, get up here. And I want you to, you ain't been worshiping all service. I want you to worship and we're going to watch you for a while. Oh, son. I, I, it was serious. And he didn't just look at you and, you know, he'd just sit there and wait until you were done. So I just, <laughs> I said all of that. Nothing was that in my notes or none of that stuff was just saying. But I'm just saying that God's got a process that he's going to put you through. And I promise you tonight that your process is not going to be like the person next to you. So please stop watching other people and saying, well, this is how they did it. And this is how God worked in them. And this is the steps that God took them through and how they got over. I want to tell you, God knows your spirit. He knows what you need to go through. He knows what you've got to face. He knows what he's got to do to you. And stop saying, well, that person just went and they prayed one prayer and his whole life just changed in a matter of a moment. And I went up there and prayed. I didn't feel a thing. And I've been praying for six weeks. I'm telling you, trust the process. Trust God. Know that he loves you. Know that he's taking you somewhere. Know that he is going to finish what he started I believe tonight God is going to do some miraculous things in your life. Some it's going to be immediate. Some's going to start the process at the altar. But it's going to take some time. And I want to tell you this in the Holy Ghost today. That as God begins to deal with you. Listen to me. As God begins to deal with you. There's going to be some emotions that well up in you that you haven't had in a long time. You're going to start feeling some of the emotions that you have been walling off and pushing away. You're going to, you're, God's going to take you back into that place where you've been hurt. Those things that, that, that have been in your life that have caused you pain and caused you sorrow. And that sin that is so besetting, you're going to start feeling that anger again. You're going to start feeling some of those emotions again. And you're going to want to push. And you're going to want to resist. But I'm going to tell you, God is not revealing it so He can make you ashamed. He's revealing it so that He can heal it. And He can remove it. And He can get you to bury it under the precious blood of Jesus Christ. There are parts of your heart that, and spirit that you've walled off and you refuse to open. They're going to be exposed tonight. You're going to want to refuse to allow those emotions and hurts to resurface. But God is digging up some dead things tonight so that he can bring you life and he can heal you and he can make you whole and he can help you tonight in the name of Jesus God I pray right now in the name of Jesus Christ that you would touch every heart every life every person God you know the past you know the hurt you know the situation you know it all God you know who they are you know they, where they are in this situation and I pray right now that you begin to deal with them while I preach and let the word of God be like a hammer that breaks 
breaks the rock in pieces and let there be an anointing let there be a destiny let there be a future that begins in this house tonight in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name so the story that I read about Jacob Jacob was born a twin the Bible said that they wrestled inside of a womb the mother prayed and asked God, what in the world's going on? And he said, there are two nations inside of you. There are two types of people living inside of you. He said, I'm going to tell you, he said, the, the weak is going is to overcome the strong. And he said, the younger is going to, or the elder is going to serve the younger. And that wasn't, that wasn't the way everything usually transpired. And so the Bible says that Jacob was born. His older brother Esau was born first. And Jacob was born with his hand on the heel of his brother. I don't know about you, but I just feel like there are some frustrated spiritual people here tonight. That have been reaching for some things. That they have always just been reaching for. But they're just out of their grasp. They have been reaching for some things. They have been praying for some things. And they have been wanting and so desiring. That it almost causes you to be so frustrated. That you don't even know how to live. And you've been reaching for some things. That you can never truly find. And never truly grasp and embrace into yourself. But I'm going to tell you today, uh, somewhere in this message tonight, God's going to start dealing with you. God's going to start moving on you. And I believe tonight there are going to be some miracles done in this house. The firstborn, he was given the birthright. He received two times the amount of inheritance than the younger. He assumed uh, the responsibility and all that belonged to the father upon the father's death. Or in the father's absence, he assumed authority and responsibility of the family. Not because he was the best son. Not because he was the most talented. Not because he was some great person. Only because he was born first. But Esau despised his birthright. But Jacob wanted it. Jacob desired it. But he just seemed like... He couldn't grasp it. He couldn't find it. No matter how much he fought, no matter how much he lied, no matter how much he wrestled, he just could not grasp the blessing. Esau, one day, is feeling exhausted, comes in from the field and asks Jacob, can you just give me some, some of the stew that you have? And Jacob says, I'll give it to you if you'll give me your birthright. I'm, I'm telling you, I mean, that's... That, that's bad when you, that you even try to deceive and, and to rip your own brother off, right? I mean, it's one thing to rip off somebody that you don't even know. It's another thing to rip your own brother off. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he, here he is. He said, I don't care if you're Esau. I don't, I don't care if you're my brother. I don't, I don't care if you've protected me before uh, about some things or whatever, and you're strong and big, and you've kind of taken up for me with, at school and stuff. He said, I'm still going to rip you off right here. I know you're exhausted, and you're probably going to die. You don't, don't, don't you feel like you're going to die? You're gonna, yeah, you probably feel like you're going to die. Well, if you die, you're not going to make it anyway. So uh, why don't you just give me your birthright? And the Bible said Esau despised it. He didn't care about it and said, here it is. 
And he said he exchanged his birthright for just a little bowl of beans. Isaac, his father, is now dying. And Isaac tells Esau, go get me a deer and bring me a meal and I, I'm going to bless you. I mean, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to bless you before I die. Rebecca tells Jacob, go, go get a little goat. The Bible says, go get a kid. And I always thought, oh, God, they're going to kill a kid. <laughs> what are they killing a kid for? I'm glad I don't live back in the Bible days. Somebody would have eaten me until I realized that it was a goat. <laughs> no kid. Rebecca tells Jacob to go get a goat and take the wool of the goat and put it on his arms and around his neck and put on Esau's clothes. And we're going to deceive Isaac. I want you to notice this today. That there are times in your life that if you're not careful, if you don't get your heart and your spirit right and you don't get healed and you don't get made whole, that you're going to start taking things into your own hands and you're going to try to do it your way and it's going to cause you more pain and more suffering and more and it doesn't matter how much counseling you go to it doesn't matter how many different jobs that you take it doesn't matter what you're going to be cursed and you're never going to have what God wants you to have but this is what God is showing us Jacob if you don't get your spirit and your heart right if you I know that you want it if you want it the right way but if you don't get your heart right you're going to put your hands to it and it's going to continue to just mess up constantly you're going to be constantly messing everything up Jacob deceived his dad and Isaac blessed Jacob thinking it was Esau and Jacob had to flee the house I want to tell you when you engage in deception you open yourself up to be deceived. When you hurt people, people are going to turn around and hurt you. Sin makes us vulnerable to be sinned against. Sin is so bad that if you sin against one law, the Bible says you are guilty of the whole law. Jacob comes to Laban's house. Jacob runs and he comes to Laban's house and Laban's a distant relative. And so he fell, falls in love with Rachel, the younger daughter. And, and he says, hey, look, let's make an agreement. I'll work for you seven years. At the end of that seven years, I want you to give me the opportunity to marry Rachel. And so Laban said, absolutely, we can do that. That sounds good to me. And he worked seven years. And the Bible said it seemed to him but a few days. And then it come wedding time and he stood there and here's this beautiful girl in a veil. He can't even see her face. And they walk in to the hotel room that night and he didn't get Rachel, he got Leah. The Bible said he got mad and he went to his father-in-law and said, What have you done to me? What have you? I worked seven years and you give me your older daughter first. And he said, Hey, it's just not right. For the elder, the younger to be married before the elder, so this is the one you get. And you know what you'd think Jacob would have said? You, couldn't you have told me that at the beginning? Maybe I would have made a different plan. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But when you put it in your hands, it's not going to end up like God wants it to end up. You're going to have pain and you're going to be frustrated. And so. 
So he had to work seven more years. And so he got Rachel. And then he, seven more years, 14 years. I would have just said somewhere, hey, Leah's good enough, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I ain't working. Good enough for me, man. <laughs> the Bible said he loved Rachel more than Leah. So God saw that Leah was unloved. You know, Jacob should have had compassion upon Leah because he knew how it was to be second. You'd think that Jacob would have said, you know what? It's not fair for me to treat Leah like that. I, I know what it feels like to be second. I know what it is to have dad love somebody and I feel out of place. I know what it feels like to always reach for stuff and can't have it. But no, he didn't feel any of that. He just fell in love with Rachel and just left Leah in the other apartment. The Bible says that God saw that Leah was unloved and opened up her womb to bear children, but he closed Rachel's womb. And the Bible says that at time she gave birth to a son named Reuben. And that son names means God has seen my humiliation and suffering. And now Jacob will love me. Then she had another son and named him Simeon. And said God saw that I am unloved and has given me another son. And then had another son named Levi. Now Jacob will become attached to me as a companion. Love is no longer in the picture. She would just be content to just be a companion. But then she has another son and she calls him Judah and says, forget Jacob. I'm just going to worship the Lord and praise him and thank him for all that he's done for me. I want to tell you, your attitude... Toward God in the midst of your frustration and your trial. is going to mean the world to how it's going to end up. I really mean that tonight. We've got to learn how to worship God. And to praise Him. And to trust Him. And believe in His process. And know that He loves us. So Rachel says, Jacob. I want to tell you this. You're either going to give me children lest I die. For she, en she envied her sister. She's, this is what he said. He said, man, he said, I love you. I love you. Isn't it enough that I love you? Jacob becomes, the Bible said he become furious with Rachel and said, am I in the place of God who has denied you children? So Rachel says, all right, Jacob, here's my Handmaid, my maid, Bilhah. You can take her as a wife and have children. So the Bible said that Bilhah had a child and Rachel called him Dan and said, God has judged me. Still no happiness. She has another son named Naphtali. I have wrestled with my sister and I have won. So Leah, 
now says, well, if you give him your maid, I'll give him my maid. And the Bible says that she had a child from Jacob. And they named him Gad, which means good fortune and glad. Do you notice that Leah was mistreated and unloved and was even pushed out to where she didn't even live in the same tent as her husband? And the Bible says that everything that she does is about happiness and about worship and about the goodness of God and names her children. And Rachel is the one that is loved and she's treated right and everything that she has in her hands is judgment and hate and envy. Bible says, so, so uh, she has another child. Her name is Asher. And she said, I am happy. That's the word Asher means, happiness. He said, she said, women shall call me happy. And Leah then conceives again and names him Issachar. God has given me a reward. And then there's another child that was born named Zebulon. God has endowed me with a good gift that I can give to my husband. Listen to what Leah is doing. Give to my Now he will live with me because I have given him six sons. <laughs> and so Rachel decides, no, I can't let that happen. I'm going to have to have another child. And so, I mean, I want to, I'm doing all of this to help you understand can you imagine living in that house? People said, man, I wish we had concubines back in the Bible days. That'd be pretty cool. No, it wouldn't. <laughs> Let me tell you right now, it would not. When you got three or four wives in that house fighting each other, <laughs> it's like, look, I'm leaving. <laughs> you fight, and the one that wins, I live with that one. <laughs> uh, can you imagine? I, I can't even imagine. I, the, all of the frustration and the envy and the strife and the fighting and the kids against them. And you touch my kids and you leave my kids alone. Your kid's ugly anyway because it looks like you're made. I, you made. You know, I'm just, it, was, it was sick. All of this junk is going on. Because Jacob decided to, to do it his way. I'm just, I'm just, just telling you. Just, I'm going somewhere, and hopefully, it won't take me that long to get there. Hope nobody says, "Are we there yet?" Could you hurry? Rachel said Joseph was born to Rachel, and she finally acknowledges God. And he, she said, "God has taken away my disgrace and my humility, and added to me another son." So Jacob wants to leave. He tells his father-in-law, I want to leave. I, and, and, and so Laban looks at him and says, look, I understand that while you've been with me, I have been so blessed because of you. He said, I really would like you to stay. Could you stay? And he says, you know what? Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, but we're just, we're just not going to get along. And, 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 and Laban and Jacob had a dispute. So he's fighting with his wives. He's fighting with his brother. He's fighting with his, his dad. 
And now he's fighting with his uncle. I mean, everywhere he's go, he's fighting. Joseph says, you had just a little when I arrived, and now you are blessed because of me. So Jacob works out a deal with Laban. Now, let me tell you something. Listen to this deal. He said, this is, I'm 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 going to do you a deal here, Laban. We're going to work out a little deal here. And he says, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to take the speckled and the spotted sheep. I'm going to take the dark or the black lambs. And I'm going to take the spotted and the speckled goats. And those are going to be my wages. I'm just going to go out there in the middle of all your flock. And and and, and, and we're just going to kind of divvy them up and this is what I'm going to do the spotted and the speckled and the dark and the black and the straight they're going to be mine and the rest of them is going to be yours and he, this is what he said this, I'm telling you he said my honesty will be evident when you come to count at the end and give an account of what I've taken and give me my wages you're going to notice that I have been very honest with you so you know what Laban does Laban secretly removes all the male goats that were spotted and all the female goats that were spotted and all the dark sheep and hid them (laughs) so that when Jacob walked out there, he had nothing. So Jacob decides, well, I'll tell you what I'll do. He said, I'm, I'm going I'm to do this. And so he went out and got some almond branches. And he went out and got some different little poplar branches. And he, he straked them. In other words, he peeled off a little point that, that made it white underneath and then dark. And then he did another one and he made it white and then dark. And white and dark and white and dark. And he did that. And he put them inside the watering trough to where when they would come and get water, that they would look on these little poles that were white, dark, white, dark, white, dark. And, the, and he said that when they go and they breed amongst themselves that they have looked at white and dark so much that when they're born they'll be speckled and they'll be spotted <laughs> and he said and now all the strong animals I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make them mate with each other and the weak animals I'm going to hide them in, uh, in, in Laban's uh, field and, uh, and the Bible says that after this happened that Literally, Jacob absolutely robbed Laban of everything he had. And then when he got through, said, hey, look what God has done for me. Now Laban's sons start getting really upset at Jacob's success. And they're saying, hey, Dad. This guy has come over here and he's stolen everything you have. But Laban is the one who hid everything. They're cheating each other. They're fighting with one another. So Jacob and Rachel, and they get together and he says, Your father has cheated me. And then in Genesis chapter 31, he tells Rachel, You wouldn't even believe it unless I read it to you. An elaborate dream he had. It was not true. He didn't have no dream. He says, I had this dream that God blessed me with all of these. And he said that all these cattle were going to be all mine and all this stuff. And God didn't give him any dream like that. He made it up and he lies to Rachel. So Jacob and Rachel and Leah and all of his flocks in the middle of the night 
when everybody is asleep, they grab all their stuff and they get out of Dodge. And they leave their father-in-law and literally steal everything from him. And in the middle of that, Rachel goes to her father's house while everybody's sleeping and steals his idols. And in Genesis 31 and 20, Jacob says he deceived Laban. So Laban finds out that they're all gone, so he chases after him. The Bible says Laban intends to harm Jacob. I mean, he said, okay, this is over. He said, I'm going to get him this time, and we're going to do something. I'm going to harm him. And the Bible said that God gives him a dream, and he tells Jacob, I I, I was going to harm you. I was going to throw you a party. He said, this is what he said. He said, I'm going to throw you a party. He said, I'm going to kiss my grandkids. I'm going to kiss my daughters and all of your, and, and you and be so nice to you. He said, but I really came to do all of that, but I was also coming to harm you. And he said, but God warned me not to harm you. He said, you can leave, but you didn't have to steal my idols, my gods. And he said, hey, look, I didn't steal anything. And then whoever has them, they're going to die. Whoever has them, you go and search, and, and whoever has them, we'll just kill them right here. And Rachel had them and put them under her seat and then told them, I can't get up. I'm sick and I can't get up. So I didn't. And they searched everywhere. And when they got through, they said, Well, we can't find them. And then all of a sudden, Jacob goes, Look at you, you lying dog. You come over here and you deceived me and you cheated me and you've treated me wrong all this time and changed my wages 10 times. And now you're telling me that I'm stealing your gods and all of this. And, and, I'm, and yet Laban is the same one looking at him and lying to him and cheating him. Can you imagine? This kind of family, some of you are saying, well, it it, it sounds like my family. (laughs) Now Jacob is mad at Laban for accusing him. So now Jacob leaves. And he has to meet Esau. And they tell him Esau is coming. He's got 400 men with him. And Jacob is afraid. And all of a sudden, Jacob starts praying to God for help. And he puts gifts in front of himself, hoping to satisfy Esau. And that night, the Bible says he wrestles with a man. Now later on, he says, now I know that I've seen God face to face. So it was probably God, we don't really know, but he wrestles with a man. The Bible says he wrestles with a man all night long and at daybreak. He, the, the man says, let me go. And he says, I'm not going to let you go. He dislocates his hip. And he says, I'm not going to let you go unless you bless me. Jacob is, is so hurt. I mean, he's been lied to. He's been lying himself. He's been cheated. He's cheated. His whole life is a mess. It looks like Esau is going to come and he's going to kill him. And he's trying his best to be blessed. And he says... What is your name? What's your name? And Jacob had to tell him, my name's Jacob. Now the word Jacob means supplanter, a deceiver, a liar, a cheater. Well, it's something when somebody asks you, well, what kind of guy are you? And the Bible says that he told him his name and he said, my name is Jacob. And this is what 
God says. He said, I want to tell you right now that you're no longer going to be called Jacob. Your name's not going to be Jacob, but your name is going to be Israel. For you're going to have power with God and with men. And you're going to prevail and you're going to be blessed. Hallelujah. He's going to do that. I'm going to tell you, isn't it wonderful when you come to church or, or you hear something and all of a sudden you're in prayer and God begins to talk to you and tell you, hey, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to, I'm going to do some great things in your life. I'm going to help you. There's some things going to turn right here and I'm going to do a miracle in your life. and Everything's going to be all right. My hand is in your, in your life and everything's going to be all right. But the Bible says that he kept calling him Jacob. I was praying one time, I was praying in the altar, and I was praying just a generic prayer, and I was saying, God, I want you to forgive me. And God spoke to me and said, of what? And I realized that night that God does not want me to be generic with him. God doesn't want to me just to speak in generalities with Him. He wants me to be plain. He wants me to open up my life and tell Him exactly what I'm dealing with. He wants me to tell Him, God, I'm hurt and I need you to help me. God, I've hurt somebody and I can't get over it and it's constant. God, I've been mistreated and I blamed you and I blamed some other people and it just seems like I can't get over it. God wants you to be very honest with Him. And so the Bible says, what's your name? He said, my name is Jacob. And for five more chapters, God continually calls him Jacob. Continually calls him Jacob. So in chapter number 35, I believe, of, of Genesis, the Bible says that Rachel dies in childbirth. That she's given birth to a child and she dies and the Bible says that Jacob buries Rachel right where she fell. He doesn't take her anywhere. He doesn't take her back to her house. He, right where she is in the path, he digs a hole and buries Rachel. And the Bible says in the very next verse, Genesis 35 and 21, it says then, Israel journeyed on. And God stopped calling Jacob, Jacob. And started calling him Israel. When Jacob finally buried some of those things that God was not pleased with. God finally said, okay Israel, the delayed destiny that you've been pining for and reaching for and so hungrily trying to get. He said, the day that you bury those things that I'm not pleased with, I'm going to stop calling you Jacob and I'm going to start calling you Israel, I want to tell you today that there are some things in your life that are frustrating you. You, I, I, 
promise the worst thing that we can do is live frustrated Pentecostal lives to where we go to church and we're faithful and we look and we say I'm doing this and I'm doing this and everything is right and I'm crossing every I, I'm crossing every T and dotting every I. I'm doing the things that I know I need to do and yet I'm frustrated and yet there are some things in my life that are not what God has promised to me. I want to tell you tonight that God is not going to allow you to progress into the destiny that he has promised and provided for you until you bury those things that are opposing to God and I want to tell you tonight it's time for me to take some things that are in my life and in my spirit and in my heart and say I'm burying them I don't care about them anymore I'm going to bury them right where they are I'm not going to make a special ceremony I'm not going to wait until next week I'm going to bury them tonight I'm going to get rid of them tonight I'm no longer are going to do this and I'm going to bury them. I'm going to tell you God's going to start calling you by another name. He's going to start blessing you and giving you things that you thought you would never be able to have. We live very spiritually frustrated things in our life. Seeing the promise. Living with the promise. But because we don't want to cut ties with what God's against. Our life is not what God wants for us. And so I've preached all of that to say a few statements and to tell you tonight that it's imperative. It's imperative tonight that you, that you forgive some people in your life. There, are, there have been people that have been hurt there are people that have been mistreated. There are some things in your life that you don't understand. There are some people. I remember I preached a message one time at a church. And I remember as I was preaching this. I actually just made up a story. <laughs> Not like the one we, we, were, we were telling. But I just. <laughs> I even told them it was a hypothetical story. And I just made up the story. And I, I, I said. This is like a. This is something that. This, this happens here and there. And I just made up this story. And I started preaching this story, just, just made up a story that happens every day in our world. Just didn't want to name a name or didn't want to do all that. So just said, I'm just going to tell you a story. And as I was preaching this story about hurt and how it just slowly starts, we, we think that things that we're doing, and, and all of a sudden they start snowballing, and, and before long they're out of control and and it's just getting bigger and, and, and we try to try to handle it ourselves and, and, and we don't even want to take it to God because we're so embarrassed about how big it's getting and, and, and we pray about it but we really don't really open up. We mention it but we really don't give it to God. There's a difference between mentioning it to God and handing it to Him and giving it to Him. I'm telling you, there, you have handled some things in your life for so long that you wouldn't even know how to act if it was taken out of your hands. But I'm going to tell you today that there is no way on earth that we as Pentecostal people can live with grudges in our heart. 
There is no way in the world that when people hurt you that you can keep that into your spirit and come into this church and feel the presence of God and for God to bless you and to let the rest of your life go. The Bible says if you don't learn how to forgive somebody that God is not going to be able to forgive you. And when you have an opportunity to forgive them and you don't, the Bible says that He takes every one of your sins that you have ever done in your entire life and He brings them back and lays them back into your life and gives them back to you and says here they are now you're going to pay for these all of them I want to tell you today that scares me to death I want to tell you tonight that there is no way on earth I know that maybe you've been hurt I know that maybe somebody's mistreated you I know that maybe your life hasn't turned out exactly the way that you want it maybe your ex-husband it keeps constantly talking about you and treating you a certain way and it's so damaging to your life that you wish that God would just rebuke him and get him out of your life but God is waiting for you to forgive I don't mean that you've got to get back into relationship with him but I do believe that we've got to forgive people like Jesus has forgiven us and I know it's going to be red raw and running I know that there's going to be some issues I'm going to have to tackle but I promise you today that's somewhere you're going to have to be like Jacob and you're going to have to bury some things and say look I'm tired of being Jacob I'm tired of being Jacob I'm tired of being the same old way I'm tired of this I've got to change got to do it let's stand all over this house I want to tell you today that God does not want you to hide things. He, does, he wants to make us whole. Sometimes our dads don't treat us right. And it's, it's years and years of piled up junk. Somewhere a pastor has mistreated us or said something and, 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 and it's just piled up and piled up and piled up. And there are times that where you don't even think that it's even bothering you until you look around and see all the mess and all the junk and all the people that are lying in your life and the things that you've got to handle. There are some things that you're handling that you have no business handling. There is racism in people's hearts that they have no business handling. There are problems and things in your life that we've got to get out of us. I'm telling you, we've got to come into the house of the Lord and we've got to bury some things. We've got to come to the altar and say it's all going to leave tonight. There's going to be a process and I'm going to get it out because I am going to have my destiny and it's delayed until I can find find an altar and I can bury those things but I want to tell you tonight that God can free you that God can give you a better life God can work these issues out he can forgive you he can put you on the straight and narrow he can give you a better life he can give you hope he can forgive you and help you but somewhere we're going to have to open that place up to God and we're going to let him work on us and forgive us as we forgive others. And get a hold of ourselves and say, I'm going to bury some things tonight. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Can we, 
Can we pray just for a minute? Can we do that? Come on, let's just pray just for a minute all over this house. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I pray for somebody right now, God, that their heart would be open to the word of the Lord. No more fighting against, no more resisting the spirit. No more trying to work it out on their own. Come on, somebody, let's pray together. Come on. Let's just be sensitive to the Spirit of God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. There's going to be wholeness tonight. There's somebody that's going to feel a, a wholeness get a hold of them tonight. Oh, in the name of Jesus. It doesn't matter what happened in your past. Let it go. Come on, somebody. Let it go. Let it go tonight. Leave it to God. Let Him handle it. Don't want revenge because of it. Don't try to work it out on your own. Say, God, I trust your process. I trust what you're going to do. I trust you, and I'm going to let you do it. Save me. Forgive me. Forgive them. I give it to you today in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Pray right now all over this house in Jesus' name. Come on, church, I'm going to pray until I feel a breaking. Come on. In Jesus' name. 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 The joy of the Holy Ghost is going to fall in this house. I said the joy of the Holy Ghost is going to fall into someone's life tonight as they begin to open up and begin to give it back to God there's going to become a joy into your life that you didn't even know that you could ever have there's going to be hope and faith put back into your life you're going to realize when you walk out of this place I have a new name I have a new I have a new desire there's something that's lifted off of me and I'm never going to be the same again oh God somebody give Give it to God. Somebody give it to God tonight. Somebody give it to God tonight. Let the Holy Ghost move on you. Let the Holy Ghost move on you tonight. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. If you feel like praying, you can pray right where you are. But let's pray as an altar unto the Lord. Come on. Can somebody begin to pray right now all over this house? That somebody says, Lord, I've got to be different. I've got to have some things that are, that are poured out of me. I've got to have some things that are emptied out of me. I've got to have a new name. I've got to have a new desire. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. I cannot keep these. I cannot keep those things anymore. I cannot allow those things to control my life. I cannot allow those things to control me. Come on, somebody, let's pray together. Come on, let's be honest with God tonight. Be honest with God tonight. Let God touch you. Let God minister to you. Let God change you. Let God work on your life right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And I surrender all to you. And everything I give to you. Withholding nothing, withholding nothing, withholding nothing, withholding nothing, and I surrender all to you. I'm 
And everything, everything that I have, God. Come on, that's it. Pray. Come on, that's it. Somebody pray through. Come on, that's it. Release it unto the Lord. Release it unto the Lord. Release that spirit unto the Lord. Release it unto the Lord. Let God heal you tonight. Let there be great joy be heard in this house tonight as somebody rejoices in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I'm letting it go. I'm letting it go. I'm releasing it tonight. I'm allowing God to heal me. I'm allowing God to save me. I'm allowing God to move in my life. Come on, let God start that process tonight. Come on, He can heal you. He can change you. He can mold you and make you. Come on, somebody. Let God do a miracle in your life tonight. It's not worth holding on to. It's not worth holding on to. Come on. Get it out of your hands and put it into God's hand. It's delayed destiny for a reason. He wants you to trust him. He wants you to give him everything that you have. Come on, there's a move of the Lord right here. Lift up your voice in this house. There's a healing coming forth. There's a healing coming forth. It will not hold you captive any longer. You'll not be bound to it any longer. But you're laying it down. In the name of the Lord, you're coming out of this. You're coming out of this. Hallelujah. Oh, God, I'm releasing it tonight. So you I'm embracing God. Me. I give I'm embracing the prophetic away. word. Running after you, God. Come on, that's it. I give Hallelujah. Hallelujah, God's doing so a special work. Can you Come out of that prison cell. Here I Shake off that dust. Take out the hurts and wounds of the past. Lord, my life Hallelujah. is in Hallelujah. your hands. I'm a new creature. 
an old adage sticks and stones will break your bones but words will never hurt you but not only words it's actions of others and some of you have faced horrific things in your past even in your childhood but you have the power to break it you have the power to bury it words are hurtful actions are devastating but you've got the power to say you know what today 
I'm coming out of this. All the hurts, disappointments, failures, wrong decisions, bad turns, I'm coming out of it. And I'm going to let the Lord do a creative work in my life. I said Wednesday night that I felt like the Lord is going to do some healing, and that's what it is. That's when you're really honest with yourself. See, you can't move forward unless you bury some stuff. There's some people that have a hard time getting the Holy Ghost. And the real culprit is they haven't buried it all. They're trying to hang on to something. The Bible says, love not the world. Or if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in them. If you want God to fulfill and finish the prophetic words that have been spoken over you, you've got to obliterate this world and the ties to this world. And you've got to come out and say, you know what, I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. And I'm going to let the Lord let that destiny begin to happen and let it begin to unfold. You can't change yesterday, but you can change today. And by changing today, you change your tomorrow. And by changing your tomorrow, you start changing your seed and the generations to follow. Some of you have been raised in this. Some of you have a wonderful heritage. But some of you, you may be the only one living for God. Well, guess what? You're the spiritual patriarch in your home. And you're making up your mind. You know what? I'm going to be blessed. I'm going to let my seed be blessed. I'm going to let generations to follow be blessed. I'm going to make a commitment and a declaration that I'm going to live for God. No matter what comes, no matter what goes, but I'm staying in this. And I'm going to let the destiny of the Lord be upon me. I prayed for a few of these prayer cloths. I know Sister Del Toro came up to me before service because I did say that I would be handing out some prayer cloths. And there's some of you that God has spoken some things in your life and you haven't seen them come to fulfillment yet. These are just handkerchiefs, just cost a few dollars, but they're activated by faith when you take them, and when you become in agreement with this, miracles, signs, and wonders begin to happen. Some of you, I told you on Wednesday night, it may be physical, it may be spiritual, it may be emotional, it may be financial. Or relational. But you grab these. And you take them home with you. And you place them strategically in your house. You know what we did is we put these in our kids' pillows. They had no idea. We placed these on our doorposts. So when people walked in our house... We wanted them to know they're walking into a godly home. Place these in our billfold as we want the blessings of the Lord on our finances. 
strategically place these. Some of you got back problems. Man, put it back there. Whatever that is. But with these, God is going to do the miraculous. And we're going to pray over these. I just want you to stretch a hand towards uh, these right here. We'll pray for them and I'll let you take a few. But I believe the Lord is going to unveil promises and let the prophetic become fulfilled. Everything happens by faith. Activate your faith right now. Lift up your voice right now. God, I pray. God, it's not by might nor by power, but it's by your spirit. God, we can't do this. God, we, we, we can't manufacture a miracle. God, all we can do is try to be led by the spirit. And I'm praying, God, right now, by the power and the authority of the name of Jesus, I'm praying for miracles. I'm praying for supernaturals. I'm praying for healings. I'm praying for breakthrough. I'm praying for deliverance, God, to happen with the power and the authority of the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. They're going to play a little bit. If you want one of these, come and see me. I'll hand them out to you. Amen. God bless you. Make sure you're here Wednesday night. Lord, and have a great service. God bless you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And I will give you and I will give you all If all this what you ask of me I will not withhold